The humble Broncos were on their way to a playoff game when tragedy struck. It is a ritual so many across the country in small towns and cities can relate to. 15 people are dead after a crash involving the Humboldt Broncos. Long road trips, the local hockey team can often be a, a symbol of community spirit, a gathering place, and it's no wonder this pain has cut so deeply. Today, members of this tight-knit community in eastern Saskatchewan are trying to make sense of the tragedy. We here at Have a Listen want to give our deepest condolences and prayers to everybody involved or anybody close to the Humboldt Bronco tragedy. This is a loss felt through the whole nation from coast to coast. Nothing can bring back the beautiful souls we lost, but all we can do is come together and show how amazing the hockey community is. Let's all do our best to make this world a better and safer place for our children and our loved ones. God bless you all. Humboldt Strong, this episode is dedicated to you all. Welcome to the show. It's your boy, Lewis. And it's your boy, Gibby. What's going on, guys? This is Have a Listen, the post-season edition. Yes. So things are going to be a little bit different, you know. How? Things have changed. Why? Uh, it's just the post-season, you know. Yeah. And we're not in it. It's weird. So the show will be slightly restructured. All the fun stuff is going to come back when the season comes up. We're, we're not going to be boring. We're never boring. You know what I mean? It's, it's no. Lewis and Gibby. It's us. Yeah, we're So great. Uh, anyway, though, today we're going to talk about current events. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, if the Habs reached the end of season goals that we set for them a couple episodes ago. Uh, we're going to talk the era of transparency. Mm -hmm. Playoff matchups, which start tonight. Excited for that. Uh, who unjustly is missing out on the playoffs? Well, we'll talk about that. And there's so much more. So uh, sit back and relax. In the fun. But first, what happened since we've been gone? So the Yodel Boy had a concert today. Yeah. Uh Did you like it? I didn't, <laughs> that, I, didn't, I didn't get to see it either. I didn't see it. Uh, kid's got talent, though. He's got some good lungs on him. <laughs> I knew it right away. I said, this Yodel boy's going to ride this. He's so <laughs> popular right now. I'm like, he's going to take advantage of this, and he's going to enjoy the ride. Because he went viral. It's the power of social media, man. That's what it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, if I lived close by, I would bring the Yodel boy on the show. <laughs> Or I'd go see his concert, 100%. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, big up, uh, big props to the Yodel boy. love you. A naked lady ran at Bill Cosby before his trial, screaming, women lives matter. Oh, my God. But, you know, people say that it was like a kind of like, it's like, they say that he didn't, she didn't even run at him. She, like, ran at the camera like she was looking for attention or something. Yeah. So... 
Stupid. I don't know. Weird. Stupid. Uh, TFC, Toronto FC advances to the CONCACAF Champions League yeah. final. That's a big deal. It's huge. Huge for Toronto FC. I'm proud of them. You know what? They're the first, I think the first team ever to make it. Or no. From the MLS? Yeah. No, Uh, I think uh, Montreal made it to the finals, if I'm not mistaken. uh, I don't remember. Either way, hopefully they win it. And I mean, that'll be just like, just it'll be the cherry on top of an amazing season. Mm -hmm. So I'm cheering for them. Uh, It was a wild week in the UFC. Yeah. With Conor McGregor smashing windows. People getting injured. The event... It was just crazy. It went, yeah, it went. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I didn't watch the event. Um, the whole McGregor thing, I think, was a bit of a. There was a lot of conspiracy theories behind it, saying that it's, it was all set up, and Dana White was was in on it, and this and that. Um, I, you know what, I'm I'm not convinced that it's not because to tell you the truth I think they're trying to build a fight between Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor because yeah. to tell you the truth like what had happened is that Habib and his friends had approached one of Conor's fighters in a hotel hallway or something like that mm-hmm. talked to him slapped him up and that was in retaliation so Conor McGregor got on a plane come came down there to With retaliate like for his goons. team member for his team member yeah. so basically it's like animosity built up between the two camps. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is just building up a hype for this fight. Yeah. Which I wasn't impressed with Habib's performance. I thought he would be more dominant. But it's always tough when there's a last-minute opponent. This is somebody yeah, you haven't trained plan. for, right? Your game so plan changes a bit. He still looked good. I still think that Habib's is it, it could be kryptonite for Connor because of... He's a take you down and pound you on the floor type of fighter. Yeah, and that's Gregor, Connor's weakness. Yeah, he'll tire him out and he'll beat him up on the ground. So, I lo- I want to see the fight. Um, speaking of UFC, Ronda Rousey makes her WrestleMania debut. Again, I didn't see that, but I did see that she won. I seen some highlights and I saw some uh, reviews. She won by an armbar, did she not? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And not, not from normal. what I saw, she looked she looked impressive, and from what I read. She was very impressive in that her wrestling skills were really good. Yeah. She, she brought, like, obviously her wrestling skills are better than her mic skills. Yeah, in the those WWE, are atrocious. But I heard that her, her it was exciting and it was really good for her. So, hey, yeah, I think she's, like I said, I, I thought she was going to succeed either way in the UFC. I think it's good for the, I mean, for the WWE. But still, she's got to work on the mic skills. Yeah, somebody <laughs> Come, her, we'll uh, teach you. We'll teach yeah. you. We're good with the mic. We're great. Um... Patriots owner Robert Kraft visits Meek Mill in jail. Rapper Meek Mill. Free Meeky. <laughs> that's why? weird. Do you know why? I have no clue why. Yeah, that's but uh, allegedly weird. he said he's a nice guy. And maybe stuff like he that. congratulated his Philly squad on the Super Bowl win. Yeah, maybe. Like, you know what? A lot of people say that Meek Mill should be out of jail right now. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Something about being the judge, conflicts of interest, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I don't know. But maybe Robert Kraft's going to throw some money at him. <laughs> Help him out a bit, huh? Dropping a mixtape. I just in found jail. that weird. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, it's like Kanye when he visited Trump. Yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> odd, <laughs> right? Weird. Uh, Mark Savard versus Steve Simmons. Did you Did you read that? What I yeah, said? Yeah, 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 dude. I hate Steve Simmons. Oh, me too. He's with such a, a tool. And like to bash someone whose career ended not exactly on a personal choice is just it's a coward move. Um, he said in his little excerpt that, uh, he wasn't in a, this is Savard. He said he wasn't in a good place. So 
I mean, give the man some respect. I just, I can't stand people that have an opinion on something or someone without any backstory to yeah, it. Yeah, like, what, you expect him to be at your call? The guy is like, he his career ended yeah, like because he, of concussions. He was going through a young. hard time. It's not yeah. like he ended at 38, 30. Like, he ended, I think he was like 26. He was still in the prime of his career, man. The media man. Like, acts like people owe them things. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people owe you stuff all the time. It's not the way it works. That guy, Steve Simmons, oh, my God. Guy's a stooge. <sighs> He's definitely, if we were still punching people in the face, because we're oh. not doing that in the offseason, but if we do, he was who I was going to punch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you kid. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Jose Bautista came out. He says he wants to join a contending roster. Is he going to find a, a landing spot? I want a contending ro- I want to go on a contending roster, yeah, like, but I not still a, want 20 he, million. Like, he wants smart now. Like, okay, first of all, Jose, first you need to find a team that wants you. Yeah. You can't get picky here. Like, oh, I want to go on a championship team. No, a, a, guys... a team that's not competing doesn't want you in right field. You think a championship team wants you there? Yeah. And you, like, you're not good enough to DH right now. You're just, the power's not there. The bat's gone. I'm sorry, Joey. Joey, no bats. Joey, no bats, for real. But you want to talk about somebody who does got it. Roberto Osuna becomes the youngest pitcher to reach 100 saves. Dude, he's, I think, last year. I think we spoke a bit on the Jays last season. Uh Uh-huh. I said Osuna was going to be the Mariano Rivera of our era. Yeah, I you know what so I do good. recall something like that, and he he is really good. I mean, he really is like that's why they call him Osuna Matata. It means, means no, worries no worries for the rest of the game. Yes, you know, and that's really what I feel like. I know that when he's in the game, my anxiety levels just drop, and it's yeah. just like yeah, I feel good because he's so hard to get hits off of. He's just location, and you know what? He doesn't do anything too fancy up there. No, a closer never just, has to. They just no. I mean, throw, but throw like hard they, stuff. Yeah, hard stuff. And I mean, his stuff is hard, but not like ninety nine. He's not no. blowing ninety nine by you, right? Location, location, good fastball mixes it up a bit. Like the way he mixes up his pitches. I mean, just simple and beautiful. Yeah, love it. Uh, so. Last week, uh, Alex Petrangelo uh, called out the war room in Toronto, said that they need glasses. Yikes. <laughs> Shots fired there. Yeah, that was a tough way. In St. Louis, it was just tough. Like, they, they, they were tough the way they went out. But, like, you kind of you set yourself up in the trade deadline when you traded well, Paul Stasny. Well, I mean, the players didn't do it. Well, okay. Management. You, management. Like, you're kind of, it was like you're setting yourself up for failure there. You don't, like, it was, it was. He wanted to see management wanted to see more out of the players. Yeah, but you're trading one of their. I guess they had bad attitudes. Oh, we'll get into that very (laughs) shortly. Um, And pretty much the only good news: Jake Evans signs. There it is. Jake Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. As you know, I spoke about that. I I made that one of my goals. I mean. Goals. It's always good to end on a little bit of a happy note. So it's pretty much it. Time to get to the show. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Okay, so did the Habs reach the end of season goals that we set for them, Gibby? How did you do? Didn't do too well. 
<laughs> well, it's not our fault. It's theirs. No, well, they don't, didn't don't, do yeah, exactly. well, so F you guys. Yeah, Thanks don't be so hard on yourself. It ain't your fault. Believe me. Um, the first one was Carey Price back to form. Uh, Price ended up posting a 8.55 save percentage and a 4.44 goals against with zero wins. Um, he had a great game against New Jersey, only allowing two goals and 32 shots for a 9.38 save percentage. But after that game, it was a brutal three outings he had. The final goal he allowed of this, like <laughs> in the season against the Leafs, yeah. basically, it sums up Price's entire season. Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely. Mis- mishandles it and gives Marlowe a gift de- for a goal. Most definitely. Um, it was an unlucky goal, and I feel like that's been Price all year. Bad bounces that never seem to go his way. I told you, man. With the, He used to be known for his great puck-moving abilities. Yeah, this, this year, year been... I don't know what the heck's going on. He needs new sticks. He needs new tape for the sticks. I don't know. Like, gloves. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Listen, I'm not saying Price was good. And just had bad bounces. Price had a brutal down year. And I think we can all realize that Price is a human. And we do, in fact, need some solid defense in front of him and can't just plug in whoever we want in front. Yeah, real eye-opener. Yeah. it. Uh, we need to have solid stay at home defense that's going to clear the garbage out because there was too many times where Price made the initial save and then the other team was just put the puck in the back of the empty net with no one boxing out the players in front of the net. Yeah. I think that needs to be a big address something to address in the off season. Mhm. Yeah. That's the only goal you said? Was price? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, hey. Uh my second goal was Sherback top minutes. <laughs> um well, Sherback ended up missing the last two games of the season with that concussion. Yeah. So. <laughs> um but prior to that, the three games he ended up playing, he hovered around the 11 minutes of time on ice. It was disappointing because I really feel like Sherback showed that he can play at the NHL level, and I think it was a big jump for him this season. I think he's going to be a full-time NHLer now. At least that's what we hope for. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. No. I think <laughs> I think next season it'll it's it's looking like unless he's he makes a huge improvement in the offseason and at camp, he'll more than likely be a third liner. And the we the the reason the, the reason, reason why I'm talking no the reason why I'm saying her is because it's not his fault it's the coach's fault for some yeah. reason the coach just doesn't want to throw the guy a bone I don't know like I'm getting frustrated I'm just I don't even want to I don't stress myself I'll just continue yeah so this is the one where I got uh, I felt like I got it right the Habs compete um, even though the Habs went one for the last five games of the season they had some close battle games like we wanted we wanted them to compete. And they did minus the the Pittsburgh game where we lost 5-2. The other four games were close-battled games. We mm. beat Detroit and lost by one to, to New Jersey and OT to Winnipeg. And even though we lost 4-2 to Toronto, the last goal the Leafs scored was initially... Yeah, they were battling in that It was game. an empty netter. Yeah, and they were battling back. It was, yeah, it was a good, was a good game. Um, better than the one that we ended up going to watch. Yeah. Which um, game? What are you talking What game? Yeah. Forgotten. So, yeah, in conclusion, I went one and two in the goals, except for the Habs of uh, end of season. Not terrible, but uh, they could have been, could have done better. Yeah, they could have. Just like uh, every, this whole season was, they <laughs> yeah. could have done better. So, the goals I set, well, like we mentioned earlier, Jake Evans. I yeah. said we, I wanted him signed. That was a goal. We got it done. Check. See, like, obviously, I didn't set the bar too high for that one. So, uh, if we finally got the first line center that we always wanted. 
for the Laval Rocket. Everybody, <laughs> so calm down. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, he's, he's a center prospect. Don't expect uh, crazy things, but it's a glimmer of hope, like I said. Um, so most of the actual Montreal Canadiens, though, they failed to, to reach the short-term goals that I set. Mm. But that's okay, because they remind me much of myself when I played sports. Uh, I never reached any of my goals that I set, and I turned out okay, didn't I, Gibby? Cricket, cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you're all right. Anyway, Paulie B, he reached his 20-goal mark for the second straight season. So congrats to Paulie. That's a good thing. Ooh. He's going to win the Molson Waiver Pickup Cup for the season. I'm going <laughs> to give him that. Uh, Chucky failed to reach 20 goals this season. Not for lack of trying, though. Still finished with a respectable 51 points. He had 19 goals. Um, I seen him improve his game. I thought he had some compete. He, he improved his two-way game. Um, it's weird, though. He scored 30 goals playing a different position, but, you know, that's a whole different can of worms. Right? Yeah. Um, but he's going to win the Molson You're Not a Center, You're a Winger Cup uh, <laughs> for this year. And Johnny Drouin, he failed to get 50 points. I set a, a, a high bar. He fell four points short, finished with 46. Nah. So he's going to get the Molson Hometown Sweetheart Award. This award is given to a hometown hockey player who was forced to play out of position, so we give him a break. And uh, Carey Price, he showed small glimpses of his old self, but couldn't put it, you know, couldn't put together a solid 60. It wasn't enough to satisfy myself, nor did it satisfy, or sorry, nor did it justify his huge contract. So he wins the Molson Get Some Rest and Earn Your Check Medal of Honor. Go fishing. So, yes, take it easy, relax over the summer. And those are the, uh, you know, the rewards that these guys got. It, I mean, it, it just, they didn't do it. Congrats. They didn't do it. It, it, didn't, it didn't end like I wanted it to. But whatever, you know, let's just move on. Forget about it. And Forget about it. Enjoy the hot weather. Yeah. So it is now, we have now entered the era of transparency. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on... Mark Bergevin and Jeff Molson's end of season presser, plus the Melnick interview. Um, Bergevin doesn't. I feel like with the presser, I felt like Bergevin doesn't seem like he's really he really knows where to go from here. He seems he seemed very frustrated and just he seemed fed up with the with the media. Uh, the press the presser itself just seemed very odd to me. I feel like Mark Bergevin and Molson are trying to put this whole transparency thing. While they weren't really being transparent, I felt like they were still being opaque, almost like a false mirage that they were giving to mm, us and mm-hmm. that they are being transparent but still giving... They're trying to play with our heads, game. Yeah, very minimal <laughs> info. We want to be transparent, but we're not going to give you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be transparent, but uh, yeah, I can't tell you that. Sorry. <laughs> Um, oh no, not that one. No, no something sorry, else. No, you, give me another yeah, one. Yeah, choose something well, else. Yeah, I, um, I promise. I could tell. Choose something else. <laughs> uh, I'm truly starting to lean toward perhaps Bergman not knowing which way he wants to go with this team, and it's it, it all began when we hired Claude Julien, who was known to be a defensive minded coach last and last season after the Terrien dismissal, in which Terrien is also another defensive minded coach. So you essentially. You fire a defensive-minded coach for another defensive-minded coach, so it's kind of just but like. But he won a cup, so. Yeah, big deal. <laughs> it's he won a era. cup. Yep, that's that's the defense. It's a new era. He NHL. won a cup. Um, 
Bergerman was preaching about attitude, and that's the reason we failed this season was because the team didn't have the proper attitude. And I think that that was his way of just basically deflecting the fact that our team just isn't good enough. We don't have a top center, and we don't have a definitive top two D-man to play alongside Weber. And I feel like they are completely missing the needs our team truly has to acquire. Bergevin also said something to a media member that if Price didn't have a down season, we wouldn't be in the bottom of the standings, which I think that's, that's a completely false statement. I think that's the wrong approach. Price having the down season truly showed our team isn't good enough, and we rely heavily on a goaltender. And with the new-aged NHL, yes, it's important to have a great goalie, but Mark said we like to build from the goalie up. That's the wrong approach in my eyes with the new NHL era. We need solid balance across the board. Um, I'm not optimistic in the upcoming offseason, and <laughs> I'm also not very optimistic at the fact that Molson will get rid of Bergeron should this season coming up be another failure. Um, now, as for the Melnick interview, I actually, I, I liked it. I I felt like Melnick did a... He, he composed a pretty good interview, and Bergeron showed some... He said some really interesting stuff, basically showing that he was in on guys like Bonino, and he said... Uh, when well, not for sure, but, I mean, no, he, he raised he, the he, question. Yeah. Curiosity, anyway. Um, and then they were talking about uh, centers that uh, other teams have acquired, and Turris's name came up, and he said, well, what makes you think we weren't in on Turris? He, he basically just said little minor things and subtle things, and it shows that he's active, but at the end of the day, he has nothing to show for it, right? Yeah, um, like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, I mean, they, they chose terrible examples. Like, yeah. Those were terrible examples. I think he could have, they could have done better, but obviously they kind of caught them off guard. And he used that as an easy out of the, of the interview. And obviously they were, you know, against the clock. So they didn't have enough time. I enjoyed it too. I thought Melnick is, is you know, he's an old dog. He, he's been in, in this for a long time. He's not going to hold no punches. I enjoyed that about the interview for sure. Mm hmm. Um, Regardless, um, Bergerman said something also that kind of, that made me was like, dude, are you serious? Um, he, it was a compare, he made a comparison with Alsner and Chara and how Chara and Markov and <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, how yeah, yeah. Alsner, they, basically what they did was they spoke about how Alsner was slow and whatnot. And Bergerman made a comparison at how Markov wasn't known for speed and neither was Chara but they still bounce back after year, like down years or whatever. Basically saying Alsner can bounce back. Like, don't get me wrong. Of course, Alsner can bounce back, but he compared apples to oranges when... And the, apple, the oranges are being two and future don't forget, Hall of Famers. And, and also, don't forget what Markov overcame with two knee surgeries. Yeah. Don't forget that and still played at a competitive level. Terrible comparisons. Yeah. Again, trying to get an easy out. So, once again, I'm not sure Bergeron really has an idea as to what type of team yeah. he wants to build here. And it uh, it makes me nervous for the future, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. It's worrisome. You know, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Mark, he needs therapy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> the guy gets so defensive. Yeah. He gets so defensive. I think it's just frustration now yeah, I don't at this know. point. He gets so defensive. And you know what? I don't think he commun communicates well in English. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. Not that he doesn't speak good English. I just don't think that he communicates properly. I don't. Yeah, I get but what you're saying. But you know saying. what? Then again, maybe he doesn't communicate well in French either. <laughs> I don't understand French, so I can't rule that out. Yeah. French people will, but, but you know what? French people keep complaining the same, so I guess he doesn't communicate properly, period. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't prepare. It sounds like he doesn't prepare for these interviews. 
Like somebody should like give him a script, right? Like that's <laughs> Say what I think. This right, but I think he's too more. prideful for that. He's like the Donald Trump of the NHL GM when it comes to like interviews, unprepared, pay, placing blame on everybody except you know, himself. Um, <laughs> but to tell you the truth, I th- I think if it wasn't for Jeff Molson, it could have been a lot worse. I mm-hmm. thought Jeff Molson was kind of a bright spot for sure. Uh, he's been criticized for hiding in the weeds and not caring. Yeah. Right? Uh, but he, I think he made his presence uh, felt. He cleared up some points that Mark obviously couldn't make, and it seems like uh, he wants his involvement to be known. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a positive. Uh, now, I know if you listen to the show, this show, the, the Habilis and the podcast, in previous episodes when we talked about the media, I said that it was important for the Habs to create better relationships with the media and fans. Yeah. I said that on, pre- on previous episodes. So here we are, entering the era of transparency, which I said, be friends with the media, give them information. Like, there's a lot of organizations that do that. You know what I mean? Media has all access. Media gets talks to people. They get interviews. They get all these things. So be friends with them. Be more transparent. It'll only bring positivity. So I think that's a good step. They're a little bit too late on that. Lewis, um, Lewis, I think Molson and Bergevin are listening to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I, I thought Mark did a poor job during the press conference. Uh, it worries me. It worries yeah. me that he didn't, you know, come out and list what is wrong with the team. Instead, he, he made excuses and pointed out other things. He sounds outdated. He sounds like a guy who has no clue. Uh, after the last two days listening to the presser and Melnick interview, I haven't gained any confidence in this no. management team moving forward. And that's what your job is at the end of a season, of a terrible season like that. Reassurance. Yeah, like come out and, and ease our anxiety. He did not do that. Uh, some, Gave you know, us more. Some, some guys can come out. And they're good talkers, you know. They can convince you. They can convince you of things. They're they're good talkers, you know. Like they can convince you they're the right man for the job. Like myself when I found my girlfriend, you know, I convinced her that <laughs> hey, I'm the right man. You know, and she believed me. Okay, so I, Mark's not that man. I think he must have had an arranged marriage or used like a match website because he just doesn't have that smooth talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't want to ruin my summer thinking about this, so I'm just gonna sit back, relax with a Costco-sized bag of smart food. And a Great. keg of some fine ale, okay? Mm-hmm. And hope for the best. That's all we can do. We're stuck with this guy, unfortunately. Um, the only plus is Jeff Molson, I think, will be on his butt, you know? So mm-hmm. I think the moves should be calculated, and every move will be reviewed by a panel of experts and analytical geniuses. At least that's what I tell myself to feel better, <laughs> and you guys should try it too. So, Feels great. All right? Just trust me. Just do that. It'll help. But yeah, I mean, terrible. I mean, it was just a terrible way to end a terrible season. Yeah. Like, if we gave him a D, he, he, he's staying back a grade. <laughs> like, Mark is staying back. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Mark, you're not graduating. Sorry, you're bad. You're staying back. Extra help. You're going to summer school. Bad. Bad boy. So, just... Postseason statements, what went wrong, what went right, what has to change, what changes won't happen that you want to happen? What went wrong? Um, I mean, what what didn't go wrong, right? Price had a terrible season. The defense was horrible. Uh, we struggled to score and put together a complete game. A lot of the games the Habs were in or ahead, the opposite team would score two quick ones minutes apart. 
absolutely deflating the Habs and never crawling back into the game. Or if they crawled back into the game, it was too late. Jonathan drew an experiment at center. Terrible. Terribly wrong. Terrible. Terribly wrong. His point production went down. I was expecting a lot more from him points-wise this year, but it was expected when you put a guy who hasn't played center at the NHL level, um, you can't put him, you can't expect him to flourish in the, into this imaginary top center. I mean, there were, despite how negative we speak on this season, there were some positives. I mean, Gallagher broke 30 goals and had a great bounce back season from a disappointing season last year. Yep. Um, Jolson played great in his chance in the deb- his debut that he got in the NHL. Um, he looks like he could make the jump into the NHL next season, although personally, from a personal opinion, I think he is young. I think we should just let him marinate one more year in the, in the AHL. But either way, he looks ready. Uh, Galchenyuk had a quiet but successful season, posting 51 points. He didn't break 20 goals like you said. He finished with 19, but 51 points in a brutal Hab season isn't a negative. Um, and I like the way he picked up his play. Yeah, he, 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 lo- he, he it's look it's looking like he's slowly starting to mature as a player. Yeah, and he's, which t- he's is turning a positive, into a leader on this Which team. is a positive. He's growing. This kid's going to be good. Um, we saw Sherback shine and show potential in becoming a full-time NHLer. We saw Houdon as well, same thing. He He's picked up his uh, development, I felt. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, we saw... A lot of our young players who were prospects from the Habs organization develop into something, into some solid future NHLers. Who, uh, well, the Habs don't have prospects, though. No, we don't. We can't draft. Where'd they come from? (laughs) Now, changes that must happen is we must have Price back to form. We need him back to form in order to have some positive vibes to start the season. We need to get that top center. I mean, it has to happen. If we have no top center and we have Drew and playing center again, it'll be a terrible fail on Bergeron and Molson's part. Uh, I also think our D Corp needs to change up in the top four, preferably top two. Uh, get a D man to play alongside Weber. We didn't have a top guy playing alongside Weber for the games that he actually did play this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, changes I think won't happen is I think we won't see Galchenyuk at center. Although I don't see and why. And he did mention, hey, he did mention that he was surprised that they didn't get another. He wanted another shot at it. Yeah. And I don't know why they didn't. It's just oh, these people. Like, I, don't uh, I don't see why it would be a bad thing to check what he's capable of at camp and scrimmage, whatever. It's not going to happen. Not in this regime. Uh, not in this regime. Another thing that won't happen is Mark Bergerman firing if he cannot land a top center or top D in the offseason. It's a must. This is a, an absolutely crucial and pivotal moment for the Habs organization, and I think if we cannot get the top center this offseason, the Habs are in for a very, very long rebuild, and if that's the case, we must trade guys like Price, Weber, and basically anyone else we think may have been a part of the core group of guys. Start from the ground up if Bergerman cannot land the needs this team needs to acquire, whether it be via free agency, trade, it must happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the portal is closing. All right, we need to pick up our speed and make it through the portal into the galaxy. Of... <laughs> I don't know what that... That was me jumping into a portal. <laughs> Do it. Oh, okay, there you go. What the hell? That sounds like Yoshi taking a dump. No, okay, guys, I'm going to say this. No one can, no human can ever mimic Yoshi. That's a fact. I'm stamping that. I to this day I believe it. Okay. If someone can do a Yoshi impression and impress me, send it to me, please, because <laughs> I've never been able to find that. Continue, Lewis. Okay. <laughs> so 
Okay, what went wrong? Uh, everyone around us got younger, more talented, faster. We didn't. Nope. Okay, poor, it was a poor evaluation of the defense. That was the main factor. Uh, we missed on free agents, which I'm sure there's many sides to that, but a miss is still a miss. Um, and uh, like you said, the decision to make Drew Anna center and making him our top-line center was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, injuries and our best players not being our best players exposed the lack of organ- organizational depth. Yeah. So uh, also, I think Claude did a poor job adjusting to the team he had. It seemed that he was so stubborn on making the players adjust to his system mm-hmm. and not adjusting the players, you know, to a system that they're comfortable playing. Yeah. Because you have certain types of players, and they're only capable of doing certain things. We're not the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Don't try and turn us into the Boston Bruins of the past. Find the identity of this team. Find our strengths. Coach to the strengths. That's what good coaches do. That's why some of these older coaches' styles, I think, are, are starting to fade away yeah. because they're not working on this new talent. And these kids adapting. work differently. Yeah. The game has changed. So he needs to really look at his agenda and figure out what the heck you know, he, he's going to do with this team next year. Yeah. Not the same thing. He needs new strategies. Um, what went right? I mean, we've seen flashes in the pan from young guys on D. Right, forwards as well. I mean, and I think the veterans struggling, some of the more popular veterans struggling, I think it'll push them to be better and more consistent next yeah, year. Yeah, Nobody wants that. to go through that again. You're going to come out of the gate hungry, at least we hope anyway. Uh, and then <laughs> we're going to need a top six and a puck-moving left defenseman. We've been saying it all year, and we still need it. Yeah. And hopefully two centermen. I mean, get a top two, one and two, if you can get that. That should be the number one priority. Mm-hmm. Those changes need to be made. Uh, and I'd like to see coaching staff change, all right? Like, I mean, just everybody on all levels, fresh faces, fresh ideas to help Claude out with his dinosaur strategies. Yeah. Because Claude's not going anywhere, but, I mean, surround him with some better hockey minds. Yeah, I agree Even though that. Kirk Muller is a fan favorite, maybe it's time for him to go to uh, – Sylvain Lefebvre, I don't know, maybe it's time for him to go to him. Just, just to shake things up, let's bring in a new faces. Let's, let's try and, I don't know, just get back on the right track. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about that. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, so playoff round one begins tonight. Yeah. We are going to give you a breakdown and predictions. We're going to give you a winner. We're going to give you how many games. And we're going to give you the leading scorer of that series. Are you okay? What's that voice, man? (laughs) (laughs) Who do you got? Let's start with Nashville, Colorado. Okay. The Nashville, Colorado series, a big surprise in Colorado, first of all, going from bottom of the league to a playoff team. But um, I think Nashville will will make quick work of Colorado. Um, this is probably, in my opinion, the most like black and white series. Um, yeah. I don't see an upset here. The goalie situation in Colorado is very suspect. Yeah. <laughs> um, the defense Nashville has is phenomenal, and Pekka Rene. It's going to come down to can Colorado win a game or two. Personally, I don't think so. So I'm taking Nashville sweeping Colorado in four games. Woo! Sweet. Bring out the brooms. Yeah. Uh, now, my leading scorers for each team, I got Roman Yossi for Nashville, and I got Nathan McKinnon for Colorado. What about okay, you? Okay, so we chose from each team. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I only chose from the winning team. Okay, I'll, <laughs> okay. leading scorer from the winning team. Okay, I'll, I'll, we we can do that. No problem. Okay, cool. Because I'm the boss, so oh, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, <laughs> I just okay. adapt. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you're the chameleon. Um, okay, so yeah, Nashville experience on D will be too strong. Yeah, uh, Colorado goaltending, like you said, it's going to be an issue. I mean, give props to the Avalanche for making it this far, but this is this is their Stanley Cup this year. It's making the playoffs. Exactly. So they'll be good in the future. They're still a little bit away. I'm taking Nashville in five. I think Colorado still has enough talent to squeak one out maybe at home. And it's weird, but my leading scorer is Roman Yossi as well. Wow. <laughs> hey. Yeah. All right. Winnipeg, Minnesota. Winnipeg, Minnesota. Okay. Um, I got, I think both teams... I've got some solid teams all around. Um, I think the question mark is going to be Hellebuck in the playoffs. If he can continue his outbreak season um, into the playoffs, I think this series... Will outbreak season? <laughs> what did he outbreak? What did he outbreak with? What's... Uh, breakout? Breakout. There you go. <laughs> outbreak oh of God, pimples on his... That's brutal. <laughs> um, I think this series is going to be solid. Um, Minnesota all season wasn't known for their goal scoring. Um, although they have a great goalie in Dubnik, I think the offensive firepower that Winnipeg has is going to win them the series. So I'm taking Winnipeg in five. Uh, my leading scorer is going to be Mark Shifley. Okay. The Wild. Yeah. The Wild. Uh, the Wild are going to get their bums kicked. They're bums. The peg will not go down like this. They're just, they're just too strong. They're too good. I'm taking 4-2 uh, Winnipeg and 6. Leading scorer, Mark Shifley. Come on. <laughs> I swear. Jesus. On the same page here, huh? Yeah. Bye. All right. So Vegas, LA. Okay. Vegas, LA. Okay. I know that Vegas was my favorite for the playoffs, um, but I think Vegas's lack of experience ahead of Flurry will be their downfall. LA is such an experienced playoff team, and I think with the resurgence of Dustin Brown this season, the Kings are going to make quick work of Vegas. Now, I'm not calling a sweep, but I think it's going to be Kings series in five games. Now, my leading scorer is going to be Anse Kopitar. Anse. Anse Kopitar for LA. Okay. Uh, the road ends here for the Kings. Wow. Why? Why? Because why not? I mean, the Vegas Knights, why can't they ride their hot streak, their hot wave right into the second round? Why can't playoffs. they? I think that they have enough. I think that they have enough in the tank to get through the tough kings and, you know, the weathered, and they seem to just take it up a notch in the playoffs, the kings. But I don't know. I just like Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to pull through at least this round. I'm taking Vegas in seven, though. I think wow. it's going to be tough. Vegas in seven, leading scorer, the Mountain Lion, James Neal. The real deal, James Neal. Uh, Anaheim, San Jose. Okay. Now, I think this is probably going to be the best matchup in the West. Um, I think it's going to, again, come down to which goalie can outplay the other. Both teams are very good on defense and offense. Um, Can Martin Jones finally get San Jose over that playoff hump? I truly believe this team can make it to the second round, so I'm taking San Jose in seven. My leading scorer, why did I say it like that? Scorer. Scorer is Mr. Logan Couture from the San Jose Sharks. Okay, okay. I'm taking Evander Kane and the Sharks. Okay. I think the teams match up pretty well. 
but I think the the Sharks added that stud scorer Kane. He's been yeah. hot. He's he's powerful. He's strong. I think he's ready for this. I think that's the push they needed to take them to the next level. The Ducks, in my mind, they're okay, but they're kind of like a team that is, this is their last hurrah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get it done. I'm taking Sharks in six. Okay. Leading scorer, Evander Kane. Nice. Tampa, New Jersey. Tampa, New Jersey. Um, I think this matchup uh, is going to be better than people are thinking. Um, I think if Taylor Hall can continue his success he had in the season, he will do damage and may be able to help the upset, help upset the Lightning. Um, we saw the Lightning slow down a bit, allo- allowing Boston to come within one point of them in the standings. Taking, although I just spoke badly about uh, the Lightning, I think I'm taking Tampa in six. I think Vashilevsky will uh, have a big series for the Lightning and be the difference maker in the series. My point leader for Tampa is going to be Tyler Johnson. Ooh. Yeah. This is going to be a speedy, exciting series. I'm, yeah. I, you know what? I'm excited to watch this one. Uh, but I think the depth on the blue line and the experience and the talent up front will be too much for Amanda Stein and the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> so I think it's going to be tough. It's going to go wall to wall. I'm taking Tampa and seven. It will go to game seven. You heard it here first. And the leading scorer will be Cooch, Nikita Kucherov. Okay. Boston, Toronto, your favorite. This is, in my opinion, the worst case for Toronto. <laughs> um, I think they would have matched up much better against the Lightning. I don't see Toronto getting past a Boston team who, after the All-Star break, just caught fire and remained to stay hot. I think the difference maker between both teams is the defense. Um, I see Tuka Rask being better than Anderson, and I do think this series can go the distance, so I'm taking Boston in seven. My leading scorer is going to be Pasternak for Boston. Original six battle. Mm-hmm. The high-flying Leafs with that bad taste left in their mouths from the last time they played in the playoffs. <laughs> the collapse. Can the big bad Bruins do it again? The answer is... No. Ooh. I like the Leafs in six. Okay. The speed. I think they're, they're going to use their speed. They're going to expose slower D-men like uh, McQuaid and Chara. They're going to expose these guys. Um, I like the matchup. I think Anderson is the better goalie over Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask it hasn't convinced me. He's been up and down, up and down. I know Anderson as well, but I don't know. It just seems that Anderson has that other level that Tuka might not have. And my leading scorer will be Mitchell Marner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. Washington, Columbus. In the East, this is the only matchup that I I can't seem to pick a winner. So my final decision is a guess just because I I have no clue. Um, Washington is always a failure in playoffs. Columbus is an all-around solid squad. So I think the difference maker is going to be which goalie can steal the series. Will it be Holtby slash Grubauer, or will it be Brabovsky? Bobrovsky. Uh, I'm still thinking it's going to be Washington in six. Again, completely up in the air on this series. My leading scorer is going to be Nicholas Backstrom for Washington. Yeah, so, you know, Columbus, Bobrovsky's going to be tough. He's going to be the better goalie. He's going to yeah. be hard to beat. The Washington forwards are going to have to be great. This one doesn't really intrigue me that much, this series. Um, 
But, you know, the Capitals can't and won't go out like this. So I'm taking the Capitals in five. Oh. Leading scorer, Kuznetsov. Evgeny Kuznetsov. Okay. Pittsburgh, Philly, Battle of Pennsylvania. Yes, the Battle of Pennsylvania. Um, I think this is going to be another really good series. Um, if Philly can get their big guns like Voracek, Giroux, Simmons, Couturier to shine, I think this series is going to be a lot closer than people think. I still got Pittsburgh to win in six. When you have the lineup like Pittsburgh Penguins do, I think they're going to. I think they are going to compete for the three peat. Um, they are just they're strong from the offense to the goalie. I don't think it's going to be a goalie battle. Um, I think it's going to be whichever team can stop the goal scoring more will win the series. Mm-hmm. Um, my leaning scorer is going to be Evgeny Malkin. Okay, okay. Battle of Pennsylvania. This is an incredible matchup. Very excited to watch this. Can Pittsburgh continue the journey to the three-peat? The answer is no. It ends here. Upset, upset, upset. <laughs> Philly with the upset in seven. Oops. I just It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I, just, I'm, I don't know. I have this feeling... And usually I'm wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Uh, leading score is going to be Sean Couturier. I just I don't have this feeling. So Okay. It's just, just, I don't know. I don't know. So it's time for the tweets of the week. Normal. <laughs> normal. <laughs> We're back to normal. So tweets of the week. What do you got, Gib? Okay. Uh, this was from John Tavares. Um, part of the journey as a hockey player is to ride to the rink. And sorry, part of the journey as a hockey player is the ride to the rink and the ride home. Those moments are always a time of anticipation and reflection. Some of the best memories I have is riding the bus in junior with my teammates. Hashtag Humboldt strong. Hashtag we are all Broncos. And he also posted a photo of, um, I guess they're doing that whole hashtag Humboldt strong thing, posting photos of uh, your hockey sticks out front. I thought that was really nice. And uh, it shows that, I mean, everybody is really has acknowledged this this tragic event. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a really nice tweet yeah, that no, he sent nice. out. That's nice. Mine is a little bit different. It's gonna be. It's kind of comedic. Uh, this guy decided to message the Denver Nuggets, <laughs> and he he says this: "Hi at Nuggets is Janos. <laughs> First, I am like you guy." I am big fan nugget at Wendy's. Very tasty for me with fry, also ice cream. I am eat many time. But you are not good like Wendy's. You are no point team. Always waste time of team proper. What? Nobody is care, but you are get grade F. So this is Janos <laughs> chirping uh, <laughs> the Denver Nuggets okay. and boosting up Wendy's. And then Denver responds and said, hi, Janos, we don't care. Enjoy spending the rest of your day tweeting NBA teams. So the Denver Nuggets are not happy about this. Uh, but it's so funny. If you go through the thread, uh, Wendy's comes in and says, hey, guys, let's not forget that, you know, they like our Nuggets. Right? And they're taking that opportunity. But, yeah, clearly Janos doesn't, is not happy with the Denver Nuggets, but he does like Wendy's Nuggets. Hey. <laughs> they gave him the, the plug. <laughs> there it is. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? 
Looking to follow the Laval Rocket or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Here they come. We're back. Back at it again. Back at it again. Yeah. It's Lewis and Gibby and friends. Here we are driving our car. Uh, listen, quick thoughts. It's time for quick thoughts. Okay. Uh, what will you do if the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup? Uh, I'll be happy for some of my buddies, which are Leafs Oh, come fans. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't be happy about it, but they've suffered very long, I feel. Um, I dislike how there are some very uh, arrogant Leafs fans, Habs and Leafs, and it, it sucks that uh, Gibby has to take the wrath of it. But, um, yeah, I won't do much, to be honest. I'll probably just sit in my house, chill out. That's about it. I'll have to try and take the high road. I'm going to try, you know, congratulate. But like you said, it'll hurt. It'll sting. Badly. It'll really hurt. Um. But it could be worse, right? Donald Trump could be the prime minister. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to count our blessings. But, yeah, I won't like it. I won't like it at all. Um, another quick thought. If you could choose a language to understand and speak, what would it be? Honestly, I'd, I'd love to know French more and be able to speak it more fluently. Um, listening to Hab's interviews that are half French, half English, I understand some things are being spoken. Um, in French, but I'd like to be able to understand it 100%. And this comes from listening to the <laughs> <Yeah>. interviews <laughs> and the presser. Like, I felt like some of the, like, I understood some French questions, but then Mark Bergerman spoke and I'm like, I wonder what he responded. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to know a little bit more French. Yeah, I'm with you. And I mean, of course, that's what sparked the, the question and the quick thought was, I wish I learned. But I, if I learned French, I want to learn the French from France because it sounds so much nicer. France? <laughs> it's not, it's not so like, butchered. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just sound smoother. I mean, no offense. I just feel like the French from France is, uh Sounds better. So yeah. I'd like to learn the French from France, but still understand the French from Montreal. That way, any pressers, coach, whatever, you know, I, I want to learn. I want to know what they're saying. I, they need to invent an app where I could just like uh, translate it, like in a row, even a robot voice, like uh, the team does not know where, uh, you know, something like that. That was terrible. All right, whatever. So uh, yeah. As you guys know, like I said, it's the off-season edition. We're not going to be doing all the gimmicky stuff. That'll all come back when the Habs come back. Did you just say we're a gimmick? No, like gimmicky stuff, like our fun stuff. Yeah. You know, a bunch of people in the face, give me a facts. Uh, so it's time to get into our second set of topics. So which NHL team overachieved this season and which NHL t- team underachieved? Well, Lewis, I think the team that overachieved was new, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, going from the bottom of the the league to a playoff team, uh, I think they rode the success of Taylor Hall. 
Uh, guy was possessed on his point streak. I think he ended up going, what was it, 24 games? Yeah, he killed it. Um, yeah, I think they sizzle off a bit next season unless they can add some key pieces to the team. Uh, you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. Really? Yeah. Overachievers was New Jersey for me. I think they wow. they grinded out a good season. Again, riding on the coattails of Taylor Hall. He mm. carried this team to the promised land. I think uh, this team has some growing pains to go through before they're taken serious. So... Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Who, who's uh, your underachiever? Wow. We're, uh, we're on the same page a lot today. Yeah, weird. Weird. Off-season errors. Yeah. Different. Off-season errors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the team that underachieved, honestly, I felt was St. Louis. I felt like they had a very strong team that could have been a playoff contender. Um, now... I mean, the Habs as well, I felt underachieved, but I think they had a lot more question marks, like their defense and lack of centers. They were expected to do well this season, according to a lot of knowledgeable sources around the league, and finished fourth last in the NHL. So, wow. Yeah. Who My underachievers, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, I think it's the Calgary Flames. Yeah. I don't know what happened to them. I know losing Monaghan, he had a bunch of injuries and stuff. That was a factor. But, I mean, with players like Goudreau, Kachuk, Dougie Hamilton, Giordano. I they mean, got a good squad. Yeah, like uh, Hamannick. Was it Hamannick they picked? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, like these, they have a good team. They were not expected to do this bad. I think they have a good balance of players on both sides of the puck. I think it was very, very disappointing. And th- this is the type of team I seen somebody tweet it the other day uh, that said that they can probably bring back the same roster next year and make the playoffs or win their division, you know? Yeah. And it's true. So I think with a couple tweaks, this team will bounce back. And I think uh, it was disappointing for them. They underachieved, but they will be better. So that's my choice. Um, now... Which individual player on a non-playoff team do you feel most sorry for? I feel sorry for Connor McDavid. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Like, the guy is the best player in the league, and he plays on a team where they just cannot seem to get it right. Uh, you have so many damn offensive players. Trade for a few solid, legitimate... Trade for a few... For, oh, my goodness. Trade for a solid, legitimate top 2D man. Um it also sucked that uh, because last year they did so well riding the Cam Talbot train, uh, then he fell off and had a mediocre season, and it really showed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I mean, come on, everybody, the whole hockey world yeah. feels sorry for Connor McDavid. <laughs> like it's it's sad, but another guy I feel sorry for is Jack Eichel. Yeah, guy can... lives in a terrible city, playing <laughs> for a terrible hockey team, long winters, short summers. Uh, it's, and it just seems like they're so far away from competing. Yeah. You know, you have to feel for the guy. It's starting to feel like Edmonton and Buffalo before, before, you know, the pre McDavid era, right? Where a boatload of stars pile up. And I mean, it feels like there, somebody's got to get traded for them to untap their like full potential. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's weird. It's like you let them go and their powers finally kick in super saiyan to gear so that's what i feel like and i feel bad for jack eichel he's such a talented guy like yeah, you put really him on player. a good team this kid's gonna be a star but he's buried on a terrible team <laughs> pollution i don't know <laughs> great wings though yeah yeah they do have great wings uh all right so it's time for 
Word on the birds. How well everybody's heard about the bird. Hey. 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 How about those J's? How about them? How about them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the Blue Jays off to a hot start. Yes, sir. Uh, how do you like how aggressive the Blue Jays have been offensively early on? Uh, I really like the approach. Uh, I feel like you, you always you got to get to the pitcher. Um, and with that, it makes the pitcher think. And if the pitcher is thinking when he pitches, then you already win the battle. Um, I'm a strong believer that baseball is 70% mental, 30% physical. If you can win the mental game, you will win the physical game, my friends. Ooh. Pew. Knowledge from Gibbs. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. A lot. I actually like how aggressive they are on the base pads. Uh, forcing Pads? Yeah. <laughs> forcing teams to make good throws. I think uh, stealing. You didn't see that. Uh, pushing for extra bases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been good. Yeah. I, I really like it. And I think that when your team hits as poorly as this team does with runners in scoring position, and I mean, they're showing signs of it again. Where yeah. Where able to cash in the runs. You got to be aggressive and make it hard on the defense. Got to keep them honest. So that's something that they didn't do last year. They were really boring. They weren't stealing. They weren't aggressive. They weren't bunting. Like, they're starting to do more of that, and I think that they need to keep this going all year. This is the new age baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree with the on and off approach that they're taking with Devin Travis? Um, I think the approach they are taking with Devo was a smart idea. Came off uh, knee surgery, and he's been battling injuries, so I think uh, the cautious approach is the right approach. Allow Devo to heal up fully. Also, not give him a full workload right now um, after a bad injury that saw him miss significant time last year. Um, I think I, I I think they're what they're doing is uh, also the the whole playing on the on the Roger Center turf. It, it, it's hard on the knees, so mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to allow Devo to get injured again. So. Give him some time, a little bit more time for the body to heal up a bit quicker. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely affecting him. He hasn't Mm -hmm. been very good yet. He seems like he's off to a little bit of a slow start on both sides of the ball. He's been off of baseball for a long time, though. No, I know. On both sides of the ball, too, though. Like, even defensively, made a couple errors. Um, But definitely, I think health is more important Mm -hmm. than losing him. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it takes rotating him in to keep him healthy for now, then I think that's the right choice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully he finds his game, though, because, I mean, it, it, if he needs to play more consistently to find his game, hopefully in the beginning, you know, ease him in. But then once he feels good, just you got to let him play. Yeah. So I hope that this doesn't affect him all year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he can find it soon. Now, I mean, things look good, but of course it is early. If you could add one piece right now to this team, what would it be? Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to agree with this. Uh, I'd love to add a bullpen guy, uh, another power arm, or add a lefty, because right now all we have for lefty in the bullpen is Mr. Aaron Loop. John Gibbons' son. (laughs) He's only on the team because he's his son. We all know Aaron Loop is anything to write home about. 
Um, as a complete team, I think offensively we're doing well. Defense is doing well. Starting pitching has been really good. Um, don't get me wrong. The bullpen has been good, but I feel like in the long haul, you ideally want to add a power arm slash lefty. If you can add a power lefty, then that's perfect. Ooh, two birds, one stone. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, 100%. <laughs> it's a power arm. We need a power arm. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I don't care if it's a righty or a lefty, as long as they can get righties and lefties out. Obviously, yeah. right? That's what's important. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Tapera's good. Tapera is a good setup, man. I like him. He's got power. He can get both righties and lefties out. That's good. But, oh, for me, I mean, he's serviceable, but I see him more as like a middle guy, middle mm-hmm. inning guy. Um I just, I just don't. He doesn't throw hard enough, and he he does give up some base hits. So that's why I don't. I like him more in the middle of the innings. I don't like him as a setup guy, as a bridge to Osuna. I don't think he's the one, even though he does have some experience closing, which which is fine. Where Osuna's not available, I don't mind O in in a closing position. Yeah, and I think he actually did do. I he think does he have one, one save. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I still think, even still, I mean, I'm always a fan of at the end of the game power you know blow things by these guys so another power arm preferably lefty but if they can if it's a righty and they can get both out we i think another setup guy is what we need Mm. all right so before we get into the results of weekly sports picks i have some announcements to make so the contest winner as you all know our listeners we had the contest for you had to guess the record of the Habs and we were going to give away a custom jersey. So I'm going to start by saying people were very they thought the Habs were going to have a, a pretty good season. So yeah. I was supposed to come up with the top, the top five, but I mean there wasn't really a top five. There is a top three. Okay, the Habs' actual record this year was 29, 40, and 13. Mm-hmm. Okay, the winner of our contest is. Nelson Perry. Congratulations to Nelson Perry. He guessed 31, 40, and 11. Sign that guy. So he got the, the losses. Uh, he got the losses right. He said 40 losses. He says he, in his explanation email, he said that he chose 31 for Carey Price. Okay. Carey Price's number. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, and then uh, second place was Jimmy Gino. He uh, got 32, 32, and 18. A lot of overtime games there, Jimmy. Yeah, but So he got that. And then Matt Godbout, I don't know if I pronounce it, Goodbout or Godbout, he guessed 34, 37, and 11. Mm-hmm. So he was the third, third closest there. And so basically what we're going to do is um, Nelson Perry, you got to email us your information. Tell us your jersey. We're going to send you it. And then, obviously, send us a picture after so we can post it. Uh, And then, Jimmy and Matt, we're going to give you guys... Have a listen. The podcast t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, everybody's a winner here. Well, at least you three are, anyway. So, Jimmy and Matt, uh, text us, or, I mean, email us, or you can um, DM us on Twitter we will get you your free T-shirt. So give us your size, all your information, and we will send you a free Have a Listen, the podcast T-shirt. Who doesn't want some of that gear? 
Yeah. It's fresh. So, you know what time it is now, Gibby? Oh, sorry. Actually, I had one more announcement. (laughs) Getting a little excited. So, also, guys, we are uh, starting a YouTube channel. Yeah. For the off season, we're going to be have some cool like interviews. We're going to visit some of the local rinks, have some interviews, have some videos, funny skits, stuff like that. Uh, so, I mean, we're not going to be doing that many podcasts over the summer. We're going to try and keep it consistent through the playoffs. We're going to do cover the draft. We're going to cover free agency. Then we'll probably take a break before training camp and stuff like that. But we will have some videos and cool stuff. So when the time comes, I will announce our uh, YouTube channel. So, keep an eye out for that. You know what time it is now, Gibby? What time is it, Lewis? Weekly Sports Picks. Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Sports Picked Weekly because that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, my goal was to finish 500, and my goal was met. No way. For the king. Got a boy. So, yeah, I chose Calgary to beat Vegas. You said, wow, Vegas is hot. I don't know what you're doing. I said, well, I don't know, man. They're probably resting players, and they got beat up 7-1. to one. I chose Calgary 4-2. Vegas lost 7-1. to one. That was one. Florida-Buffalo. I chose Florida 4-3. I mean, Florida 4-1. They won 4-3. That's 2-0. and oh. I end the season 25-25-2. Pretty cool. Yeah. What it do? <laughs> well, I went zero and two this week. Um, Nashville, Washington. I chose Nashville, or I chose Washington. Nashville won four three. The Montreal Toronto uh, game. I chose Montreal three one. I reverse jinxed it. I wanted them to lose. Boom boom. Toronto ended up winning four two, bringing my season to a close at thirty twenty and three. It's impressive. You beat me by five. Yeah. Five and one extra point, so that's 11 yeah, points. Yeah, that's points. 11 points. That's, yeah, a, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah, so congratulations to Gibby. I'm going to owe Thanks. him some beer and Thanks. some chicken wings, and maybe Thanks. we'll uh, we'll put that on our YouTube channel. Yeah, me eating. Him eating and me drinking. Yeah, it's usually what we do. <laughs> it's usually yeah. how it works. It's a normal Friday night for us. Yeah. So, Yeah. Enjoy. Um, everybody, let's, en- let's enjoy the playoffs. I know it sucks. Habs are not there, but let's enjoy good quality, yeah, high-intensity hockey. It's going to be good. Keep an eye out for all Habs. We'll be covering everything. I mean, I know Rick and Amy, they'll be covering AHL playoffs. We're, we're going to be working right through the summer. So Habs Unfiltered, Habs 360, have a listen from the press box. We are here to please and keep an eye out for our YouTube channel. See ya later. Bye. Have a great time.